In a world where people are famous for doing nothing, we're here to discover the ordinary individuals who take giant leaps to do something extraordinary. Welcome to Moving Forward. Hello, everyone. This is John Lim with Moving Forward. And today, my guest is Jessica Jang. Jessica's accomplishments could take up a full podcast episode, so I'm going to hit just some of the highlights. Jessica is a research program coordinator for gynecologic pathology at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, where she works on developing innovative vaccines for women's cancers. Jessica was also a distinguished member of an innovative team that developed an anti-Ebola suit for healthcare workers that has been honored by PBS, USAID, and Fast Company. On top of that, here are some words and phrases that will show you just how dynamic and multifaceted Jessica is, healthcare management, fashion, politics, and social entrepreneur. Welcome, Jessica. How are you today? Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, Jessica, I'm very excited to have you on the program. You have such an interesting background. You've done so many different things. And I know that you have so many things that you want to share with our listeners today. So I'm going to go ahead and kick this off. And can you fill in some of the life and professional resume? I know I only hit some of the highlights. There's so much to you. And I want you to share that with our audience. Sure. So I grew up in Houston, Texas, and I always had a diverse range of interests. I love dance, art, science, um, really everything. And I feel like from a young age, we're often told to kind of wait our turn and just do what's expected. And we're also told what kind of ideals to uphold and maybe even what careers would be good for us. But I really feel that we shouldn't be limited by labels and that we should always pursue any hobbies that we enjoy, even if they have nothing to do with what we think our future career should be or might eventually be. Because if you just do what you're passionate about and find things you're interested in, I I really believe that the interconnectivity of things will eventually reveal itself. And if you surround yourself with smart, interesting, passionate people from all different disciplines and backgrounds, amazing things are going to happen and incredible opportunities for collaboration will arise. And that's really kind of where I found myself where I am. Um, I graduated from Johns Hopkins where I studied poli-sci and philosophy, which doesn't seem to have a lot to do with cancer research, which is what I do now. But um, after school, I was really interested in the changes with Obamacare, which did relate to politics and bioethics, which was my focus in philosophy. Um, So I got into healthcare management, and it was a very interesting time for private practice physicians. They were facing a lot of new regulations, and um, I got into kind of this niche of doing electronic medical records, which actually helped a lot with profitability um, because there were incentives with... um, Um, incentives to adopt all of these new reporting systems and a lot of efficiency issues that arose with uh, private private practice physicians as well as hospitals. So it was an interesting time in the healthcare field. Um, But after a few, about a year in that space, I really wanted to follow one of my passions, which was working with survivors of human trafficking. So I went to Cambodia for this incredible organization called Sinoa. And I just, it was such a life changing experience. I feel like everyone should really try to um, get involved in, in, 
anti-human trafficking efforts locally or internationally because it leads you to really think about what the fundamental meaning of freedom is. Mm. And when you have this experience of understanding that freedom is not only just the physical freedom, you have emotional, mental freedom, economic autonomy, the ability to uh, work to improve yourself, work to support yourself, become independent, pursue education. These are all things that we often just take for granted. Um, and so I feel like I've always been just interested in finding where things can connect. Um, so like little things that I was interested in, like art, design, and fashion, I never thought that it could be something um, intellectual or important. But you'll see that things like social entrepreneurship show that anything that um, might be of interest to somebody can help to change the world. You can really integrate um, different interests. Like with the Ebola project, I, I realized that medicine and fashion could come together um, in this effort to create new suits for healthcare workers um, dealing with the Ebola crisis because you really need to understand how garments fit on the body as well as how viruses and various diseases are transmitted. Um, so I just always thought it was important to um, interact with people from dis different disciplines and be open-minded about the importance of any of your hobbies or interests. Um, so eventually I came back to Hopkins and started working in cancer research, which is an area that's very near and dear to my heart, um, very personal for me. So um, I tried to see how I could pull in my previous experience um, in, with my coursework in politics, and I ended up helping to write a grant that um, helps minorities find positions in um, the healthcare and biomedical research professions. And we started off a strategic partnership between Johns Hopkins and Howard University, and it's really taking off. So I think that um, there's always ways to integrate different interests and different disciplines. Um, and so from I've been here at uh, Hopkins Medicine for over a year now, and I just also uh, decided to pursue my master's degree in finance um, in the evenings and weekends. So I'm doing that on the side as well. And I love finance. It's super interesting. And it can be tied into my other interests with um, anti-human trafficking because it's really important to understand finance and the way the world works in terms of uh, how money moves around, how you can save for your future when it comes to rehabilitating and reintegrating and educating young women, young women who have endured terrible trauma and need to find um, independence in their lives. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Jessica, I'm just blown away. Uh, first of all, just a couple of big knowledge bursts that I think you've shared. Number one, just the exploration that you've done in your life, not limiting yourself to one career path or one passion and integrating so many seemingly disparate interests and finding the common ground. I'm very much reminded when you were talking about integrating fashion into medicine and developing the Ebola suit, the anti-Ebola suit rather, it reminded me a little bit of when I read Steve Jobs' uh, biography by Walter Isaacson and Jobs' background, he took calligraphy classes. He was very much interested in the aesthetics of design more so than the technical side, the programming side 
but he wanted the aesthetics of Apple to be as valued as well as the systems integration. So I thought that that was just absolutely fantastic. And then your theme of freedom, taking you beyond simply what you're doing on a day-to-day, but to a global level and working with this NGO. Can you tell our listeners a little more about the NGO that you work with? Sure. The Sanoa Foundation is a fantastic organization. Um, It is really devoted to fighting human trafficking, specifically in Cambodia, but it does have a long history um, in Washington, D.C., California. Um, They've really been everywhere, and it's becoming almost like an internationally recognized um, NGO. Um, So, there's a couple of really interesting things about Sanoa, including that they support um, and have developed a social on- social enterprise. Um, so not only do they run a preschool that helps with preventing uh, human trafficking in Cambodia, they also employ survivors of human trafficking and other at-risk girls, um, women and girls, um, in the design and production of beautiful, luxurious crystal jewelry. And that also relates to the idea that a product needs to be beautifully designed and desirable. Um, but what's fantastic is about the Sanoa jewelry is that it's so beautiful, but it also has a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Um, the symbol of Sanoa is actually the lotus. And the idea is that um, the lotus is a beautiful flower that rises out of the mud and muddy waters. So even with a background of maybe some terrible experiences, anybody can bloom when they have the resources they need, the support they need. And Sonoa provides that. It's a comprehensive program. They do uh, nutrition, education, personal finance. They even have computer classes, literacy classes in both the local language and um, and in English, uh, and all sorts of job training, including uh, the jewelry program for the girls who are interested in becoming part of the jewelry social enterprise. Um, so that's that's a really big passion of mine is working with Sonoa and I would encourage anybody listening to go check out their jewelry on Sonoa.org. It's fantastic. We'll have that on our (laughs) website. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jessica. Well, I'm excited to ask this question and it may be a tough question to answer. At the heart of it, what are you passionate about and how did you discover this passion or how did it discover you? Wow. Well, again, like I mentioned, I think that I'm really passionate about compassion for suffering and protecting freedom. Mm. Not necessarily like some abstract idea. It's more of just the raw idea of really what is freedom, um, physical, emotional, mental, and economic. And I think that part of what led me to this is that really anybody who has experienced some kind of struggle or hardship, any moment in life where they were under immense pressure they may have a moment where they can see themselves in the face of anybody else who might be struggling. And this compassion, this experience of understanding suffering can profoundly influence one's inclination to seek justice or make their lives meaningful, devote a little bit of time here and there to some kind of um, charity or NGO project. So, I'm deeply interested in working with survivors of human trafficking and seeing how not only 
on a direct service service level, how can we um, help people who have endured terrible trauma, but also how businesses and governments can conduct their work ethically and really fight at the root of injustice. Um, I'm interested also in the study of finance and how finance can help individuals who have experienced terrible unfreedoms become more independent and really thrive. Um, And I think that the idea of freedom can take us so far. I mean, if we focus on freedom in our daily lives, you can you find so much appreciation for everything. You're just free to walk outside and smell the air and see the water or whatever, the grass around you. Um, and also just to like exercise or um, take a walk outside. Just moving your body is part of freedom. So I think that um, it I guess freedom is kind of a cop-out as my only and main passion. Well, I think I should also share with our listeners that you also teach, on top of everything else, you also teach yoga. Yeah, um, I love yoga. I think it's a fantastic practice. I I got into it um, in middle school after I had done a lot of uh, competitive figure skating and dance and um, kind of messed up my knees and needed a low-impact exercise. And I found like it was such a fantastic thing with a great community because I feel like a lot of people who practice yoga are able to see kind of the metaphor of, um, you know, practicing your physical balance and strength and building that up in your body, but also um, realizing that the root of strength and balance is all in the mind and Mm. it comes from that motivation to improve yourself absolutely, um, and carry that forth into other aspects of life. I think that is so critical. Having the right mindset is so important in any endeavor, especially in social entrepreneurship. I feel like we've interviewed a lot of guests who are using their gifts and talents to help so many worthy causes around the world. And having that right mindset is so critical when you're starting out an endeavor like that. So I love that you've shared that with our listeners today. Well, Jessica, I am excited to ask you this next question because a lot of what we want to share with our listeners is the tough part of the journey. So we've talked a lot about your accomplishments. We've talked a lot about uh, the great work that you're doing. But part of that, if we lift up the hood, is looking at challenges in our life. And I'd like to ask you, can you share a time with our listeners where you felt like you failed, where you faced that huge challenge and it felt insurmountable? Maybe it ended up being insurmountable, but it ended up being that valuable learning experience to take you where you are today. We're part of your road to success. Absolutely. I'd say I wasn't always um, this hippy-dippy, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is that your phrase, hippy-dippy? Um, well, I, I don't know. I guess that's a term that I've been called before. <laughs> but I think you might have a brand there. I think that's pretty catchy, actually. <laughs> My friends have called me um, the capitalist hippie because I'm studying finance, but I believe in all these, you know, abstract or um, philosophical things. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, I I think to answer your question, really great inspiration can definitely come in times of desperation. And it's a pretty old cliche when people say, you know, live every day. It's like your last, Mm. Um, you know, if what what would you do today if it was your last day on earth? So I had an experience uh, when I was in college. I was really ill. I had an operation to remove a tumor. I was in the hospital for two weeks and I was in immense pain. And um, there was a day I really thought I was going to die that day. And I know it sounds crazy, but I 
I really did at that time think I was going to die. And I know that's pretty um, intense and dramatic, but I had been grappling with a lot of doubt and pain and like, what am I going to do with my life? I made a bad grade on the last test or (laughs) whatever. Um, Will I ever get a good job, be good enough? And, you know, I was still mad at people who might have mistreated me in the past or like, oh, I don't like those people gossiping or whatever. Just, Just like some of the things that we haven't really grown out of in college yet. And maybe some people still struggle to grow out of um, well into adulthood. So suddenly in that moment where I thought I was going to die, I had to tell myself, just let it go. Let it all go. And I forgave myself and I forgave everyone. And I felt like forgiveness was so important at that time. Um, I said, you know, forgive myself for being a weirdo, being getting bad grades at one point or whatever. Um, it's all going to be okay. Like, don't worry. And that experience really um, made me extraordinarily passionate about women's health and cancer research and really ultimately led me to what I'm doing now. So now I get to be a bridge between scientists and the outside world, um, like talking to our funding at the NIH or students who come visit me. It's really wonderful. And I don't want to be part of too much of part of that cliche of like live every day like it's your last but I would say like learn from your past and um, forgive anyone or anything that still haunts you but most importantly um, don't be too hard on yourself forgive yourself and once you're free from that self-judgment you can live every day fully with intention and meaning and a plan or a vision for tomorrow and then once you've realized that uh, whatever may be your last day won't seem so scary after all. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, if you're enjoying today's episode, consider supporting the podcast. You can purchase a copy of the Corporate Clichés Adult Coloring Book or try out Amazon Prime or Audible using one of my affiliate links, which you can find in the write-up for any of the episodes at bemovingforward.com. My question for you, though, is for someone who's listening to this and maybe in that point in their life where they're really stuck, how do they start letting go? How do they forgive themselves of the things that we stress ourselves with on a constant basis, that, that what I call the bag of bricks that we're carrying on our back, maybe that bad grade or we felt like we were wrong in the, in the past. I think that's really important to have that kind of perspective to let those things go. But how does someone listening to this start doing that today? That's a great question. Um, I guess I have two little stories that can help with that. So one of my favorite stories came from a children's book, and I wish I remembered uh, who read this to me when I was little or who wrote this book, but um, it was two monks are walking through the woods, and they come to a river, and uh, it's an older monk and a younger disciple monk, and they encounter this grouchy old lady on the side of the river, and she's walking with a cane. She's in a lot of pain. She's, she's upset. She's annoyed. And she's like, you, little boys over there, one of you carry me across the river. And the... Um, the young monk is like, oh, we shouldn't. She's so mean. And the older monk, you know, without a word, just lifts the old lady up over his shoulder and carries her right across the river, getting himself all wet. And um, as they approach the other side of the river, uh, the old lady smacks them each with the cane. And the young monk is just like, why? Why did you do that? And 
the older monk is still completely silent and they continue just like walking through the woods after they've said goodbye and the younger monk is just so upset he's just fuming the whole way he's like stomping and dragging his feet throughout the woods and so he says to the older monk you have to tell me just say something why did you help that lady when she was so mean to us and uh the older monk just looked at him and said young monk uh i put that lady down long ago why are you still carrying her mm, wow so. <laughs> that's a great story do you remember the name of the book I, I really don't remember, and I, I can't remember who told me this story either. I really wish I remember, but oh, it's a great story. <laughs> yeah, I would just I would credit um, you know all the great people that I've met in my life, and one of them told me this great story. So I love the I'm analogy exactly sure. too because it really yeah. it really is that picture in your head of carrying someone across a river. We're carrying that burden and right. just letting it go and, and moving forward. I really love that story. So that's right. it's a very, very poignant way of illustrating how do you mm -hmm. start doing that today? And I really well, love that. Yeah. Well, I guess what's really important is that we all have the power to free our minds from whatever might be holding us back from Absolutely. enjoying life, from making life meaningful. Um, I have another little story. When I was working in Cambodia um, with Sanoa, with Survivors of Human Trafficking, I met this fantastic, amazing doctor. Her name was Linda. And she gave me such great life advice because this was at the time where I had um, quit working in healthcare management. And it was before I started, I came back to Hopkins and started working cancer research. Um, so I was also kind of finding myself again uh, while I was doing my volunteer trip in Cambodia. And she said to me, you can change your life without going through a big drama. Mm. Just change yourself. Yeah, And that was so powerful. And it was such an important idea because we can, we are in complete control of how we perceive what's going on around us. We can choose to take things uh, really personally or really negatively, or we can just, you know, let it go and enjoy. And once you're free from that judgment, you know, just do whatever you enjoy. Do what's interesting or fun, passionate. Do what's good for you. And uh, eventually, like I said, I feel like if you just surround yourself with cool, smart, different people from different backgrounds and different um disciplines, the opportunities will present themselves. I love that. I absolutely love that. And simple philosophy, and it's one that I think we make it so hard for ourselves to employ. But if you take it from that standpoint, it's something that you can just start doing right away. And, and for our Moving Forward listeners, take that with you as you're listening to this interview. Well, Jessica, I'd love to dig a little deeper and talk about life influences because you've had such an interesting life. You've had so many wonderful experiences. So tell us a little more about who has influenced you in your life. I, I, I think your, your first story of the two monks, I love that. Has there been any other media that you wanted to share with us uh, that has been influential in your life? Maybe a book, a movie, song, or travel abroad experience. It sounds like your trip to Cambodia was really influential. So I'd, I'd kind of like for you to expand a little bit upon any experience or media that has really been influential in your life. I have a couple different experiences, I guess, that um, have influenced me. One of my study abroads was in Milan in Italy where I worked in fashion. And I know a lot of people, I guess, especially maybe 
part of my family is um, very medicine-oriented, and they always thought maybe, like, fashion is just a girly girl thing, maybe not so intellectual. But I learned so much when I was working in fashion about organization and time management and business in general. I was so... I was so blown away of learning about just the international um, commerce that goes into getting getting something from the designer's notebook to into production and then into the magazines, into the stores, and eventually into the hands of consumers. And I feel like when you dig a little deeper, when you look at anything in your life, any product that you're holding, a bowl of food in your hand... Um, anything that you might be working with and just think what was behind this item, you'll realize there's so much to learn in the world. There's so many different supply chains, different ideas, different people's work that went into different things. And you'll start to appreciate life and listen to other other people's stories and just learn so much. I feel like constant learning is a good outlook to have in life. Always keep on learning. I love the constant learning mantra and it sounds like and I also love the way you tied in that story that trip to Milan looking at an industry that was not something that you grew up with and learning from that industry and seeing how those pieces connect and in a, clearly you've been able to integrate that into aspects of your journey and your career and I think that's fantastic you mentioned something that I think is really interesting that everyone has an interesting story and it, it reminds me of an interview I did several months ago with Julianne Irons, who's who's an actress out in Hollywood. And when I asked her, who's been influential in her life? And she basically said, there's no one person, every person she interacts with has had an influence in her life from uh, friends that she's known, mentors that she's had to random people that she's met on the street. So I'm going to ask you the same question. Is there any particular person that you'd like to talk about that has had a great impact on your life or are you more someone who just finds that extraordinary story in everyone you meet? I think I'm definitely more similar to Julianne. I really do feel like every interaction is valuable. Um, I think that I've encountered so many fantastic people who have guided me throughout my life and from, you know, friends in college who would maybe go to the doctor with me or even just go get lunch with me and just like small conversations we've had that evolved into great projects. I feel it's so important to cultivate personal relationships with different kinds of people that you meet. Um, and every person that I've ever met has positively impacted me even those that maybe you know maybe like a breakup or something that you thought was a bad relationship can still teach you about what your values are and what you want to pursue in life because those experiences also shape your compassion and understanding of other people i love that you're just so open and receptive and that you're able to see the extraordinary in everyone you meet. Well, Jessica, I'm excited to ask you this next question. So we have listeners from all walks of life all over the world, and there may be a listener today who is struggling, who is in a rut, or is not sure where their journey is taking them, or maybe has a hard time really letting go of the baggage and the bricks that they're carrying. So what advice do you have for someone who may be listening to this who is struggling to find their passion in life? 
Well, uh, one of my professors who um, in, in business school and graduate school, um, she was telling a fantastic story about how uh, many years ago, you know, the difference between an economist and a philosopher was non-existent. These academics were all just philosophers and econ- economists. And they were studying human behavior. They were studying uh, human interactions. And they came to this idea that as children, we really seek praise. We look for validation and approval in our parents, any kind of authority figure. And we really just get our satisfaction as children from this praise Uh, But as we get older, fewer and fewer people are going to continue giving that praise. And that's when we kind of get a little bit lost in our lives and we um, aren't sure if what we're doing is correct because nobody's telling us, oh, great job, Billy. Great job, Jimmy. Here's your trophy for participating in (laughs) soccer or whatever. So we grow out of this desire for praise and we hope to develop just a desire for praiseworthiness, just this appreciation for our own praiseworthiness and that what we're doing um, is something that we would praise ourselves. So we find what's valuable to us and we do what we think is good and that develops our work ethic and really changes us from children to independent people because we no longer need outside approval. We can let go of the need for other people's praise. So just value your own opinions, value what you love. I think that that's an important mindset. Um, If you're stuck in a rut, just, you know, what you're doing is important to yourself. And I I like what I'm doing, even though it may seem ununified to other people. But, you know, if you're just happy with what you're doing, just keep on doing it and um, keep on pursuing all of your diverse interests without the need for other people's approval. Because my mom would always tell me when I was little, we all have 24 hours in the day. Like Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, these people all only have 24 hours in a day and you can choose how to spend it. You don't need anyone else's approval to spend your time the way you want. Just be praiseworthy to yourself. I love that. I can tell you I've got this huge grin on my face because I really think that is so important. Praise should not be sought from anyone but from yourself. And you don't need approval to pursue your passion. The only one you need to satisfy, the only one you need approval from is yourself. And I think that is an incredible knowledge burst that you've shared. It really goes back to that mindset that you were talking about earlier. And I also think it's a great callback to that story. That younger monk was looking for validation from this old woman, whereas the older monk was content and secure enough to, to know that what he did was praiseworthy for himself and not from anyone else. And I think that is right. an incredible, incredible takeaway. And also when you find your praiseworthiness, this is why it was um, a concept that was thought up by these uh, economists slash philosophers, because once you found your praiseworthiness, then you have found uh, your motivation. And it's that motivation that creates work ethic, that creates um, passion for, you know, continuing to do something. And that eventually was a theory of specialization of economy. So people found their praiseworthiness, they found what they're going to do in life. And that spurred the economy and, um, you know, the transaction of goods and services. I love that. I also love the great equalizer, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, 
and the late Steve Jobs, we all just have 24 hours in a day. Everyone just has 24 hours in a day, and it's up to you to decide what you want to do with those 24 hours. I think that is also a great reminder. And what is next for you? Well, I'm still just doing grant writing and general project management over at the Cancer Center at Johns Hopkins. Uh, My PI has done some amazing, amazing work in cervical cancer. He has developed some fantastic, um, very interesting new therapies. And I feel like cancer immunotherapy is just such um, an interesting field trying to cure cancer, not necessarily with surgery or chemotherapy, but different kinds of vaccines and drugs that can elicit your own um, immune response from your body. So I'm also very interested to see um, where we can move forward in terms of ovarian cancer. So that's a very big passion of mine. So I'm hoping that we can get some grant writing in pretty soon for ovarian cancer. For me personally, outside of work, I'm just uh, keeping up with my evening classes in finance, which I love. They're so incredible. (laughs) Um, I just really love how finance is the culmination of math, philosophy, economics, and history, um, because I feel like financial models were developed in fairly recent history and just suddenly illuminated the ideas of like saving and investing and what are we supposed to do with this thing called money that seems to really rule our world. And I'm also working on a yoga series to start raising more money for Sanoa. I'm going to do some donation-based classes. And one thing I'm really excited about, we're going to be starting a micro-lending program in Cambodia. Yeah, it's uh, we do so much for the community. I just feel like it's such a holistic program. So the micro lending program will promote the local entrepreneurship. And I'm really just excited to see it take off because I think it's truly about empowerment and moving forward. I think that's great. Well, fantastic. And please keep us posted on all of that. Uh, We would love to help share that with our listeners. Jessica, what is the best way that our listeners can connect with you? You can definitely connect with me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, I have a a page for my uh, yoga teaching. It's called Liberta Yoga. I chose this name because it's about, obviously, freedom and liberty. Um, It's Liberta Yoga by Jessica Jang. You can search that on Facebook. And my LinkedIn is just my full name, Jessica Jang. And you should also definitely check out the jewelry on Sanoa.org and read a bit about the story of Sanoa Foundation and the amazing work uh, going on in Cambodia now. We will have all of that information on our website. And folks, you heard it from Jessica. She finds the extraordinary in every connection that she makes and every person that comes into her life. So I encourage you, make that connection, reach out, and find the extraordinary in yourself. Thank you, Jessica. I really appreciate you taking the time out to share your story, share your journey and your inspirations with our listeners today. It's really, really been awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was fantastic. I was so happy to be here today. Thank you. Absolutely. And listeners, for more information on Jessica and all of our extraordinary Moving Forward guests, visit us at bemovingforward.com. You can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. This is John Lim with Moving Forward, and we will be back with a new episode next week. Now it's time for you to move forward and discover the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.